As Pastor Bobby already mentioned, we are kind of addressed casually, and I saw uh, Pastor Randy Spencer this morning, and I said, well, you must be the preacher because you're dressed up. So, uh, and uh, he is. We, I, I'm so thrilled that he's coming uh, this morning to, to bless us, and, and uh, I was a little panicked this morning as we get when we got something special happening, so I called him. He said, I'm on my way. I said, okay, good. I said, but we're at that break time, and if, if you're not coming, I got to know right now because I got to do something. But no, he was on the way. And, uh, and so these t-shirts that you see, if you're a guest, these are anniversary t-shirts. They say established 1958. And uh, so we're going to give uh, one to Pastor Randy, and we got a pink one for you, Miss Lynn. And uh, in the front just says Calvary, established 1958. But we got a special one for the pastor, because the back says I preached at Calvary, and all I got was this t-shirt. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it doesn't say that. It does not say that. But uh, no, this morning when uh, he, I talked to him, he said, uh, so I got, you know, 15, 20 minutes. I said, bro, you can take 45 minutes or an hour. We don't care. Uh, we are just thrilled uh, that Pastor Andy could come be with us today. God used him in such a great way at this church. There are three churches out there today serving the Lord, um, re- reaching their communities because of the influence of Pastor Andy in this church at Calvary Baptist. And we rejoice. Amen. Amen. So, Pastor Randy, you come, bless our hearts with the Word of God. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Thank you. Where are you going with my t-shirt? Yeah, I, I'll hold on to it till later for you. I saw it's about three sizes too big for me. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor Bobby says I'll grow we'll, into it. Amen. We'll wash and iron it. I mean, dry it and shrink it. Preach 45 minutes. I've never preached 45 minutes here. It's always been 15 or 20 minutes. Amen. Wow. I don't know. I've probably given a thousand how are you's today. And it's hard to catch up after all the years, couple, what it's been, two years, and to catch up on where you're at. And when I ask you how are you, I genuinely, sincerely want to know how you are. This church is a very special place in my heart, and each and every one of you, I want to know what God is doing in your life and how God is blessing and what some of the trials you're facing. And, and when you ask me, how am I doing? I know that you're genuinely wanting to know, but I said to some of the, some of the folks, how do you catch up in a couple of years of how do you, how are you's I'm fine type deal. But uh, I, 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 I would discover this by just looking around. You are fine and I am fine. So let's give Jesus a hand clap, okay? All the things in between, we're all good. Hey, isn't it going to be neat when we get to heaven? That's not going to be part of our speech. You don't ever have to go up to anyone and ask, how are you? Because they're all just fine in heaven. Amen? That'll never be a question we'll ask there. And, you know, our main conversations, no matter where we're at in life, it's our health, our weather, and politics. And when we get to heaven, you're not going to have to worry about any one of those. Amen? Amen. Amen. No politics in heaven. No hurricanes. Amen. Uh, the Bible says in Revelation there's a half hour of silence in heaven. I think it's just for us to readjust to figure out what we're going to talk about. Amen? But I'll tell you that I, I got it all worked out. What it's going to be is we're going to every, every word from our lips, everything from our mouths, everything about us, every song that's sung will all be about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Forever and ever together we will worship God. When all the, ga- the gang gets to, to glory, we'll be able to celebrate God's goodness over and over and over again with all his rich blessings. So how are we? Praise God, we are fine. Lynn and I uh, are, someone said, how are you enjoying your retirement? 
Uh, God gave me six months of that, and then he said, that's enough. We're going to put you back to work again. So God called us back to Liberty University, and it was an awesome privilege to be able to be called to know that when you left, uh, you were wanted back. Amen. We had some, some folks said, when you left here, you knew you were going back to Liberty. I get blamed for a lot of things that God does. Amen. Uh, I had no clue when I left here. Matter of fact, when we were driving past Liberty University, my wife said, do you think you'd ever go back and work there? And I said, you've got to be kidding they worked, they, they worked the stuffings out of me when I was there, and I couldn't keep up with that again. And when they called me to come back, I said, just kind of cut my job right in half, and I'll be willing to consider it. So I've had, I'm blessed to be able to be in the office uh, on uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, meeting with students in and out of classrooms, just kind of challenging the young pastors, uh, mentoring and discipling and caring for them. Then the other half, I'm able to get into churches and preach and be able to minister to the uh, the local church, which I love every Sunday in a different church, ministering and then taking students with me, placing them in, in pulpits. It's exciting to be able to do what God has called me to do. Mentoring and caring for the family is so very important, and especially the young pastors. So it's been awesome. Well, I was here uh, for the 50th. How many was here for the 50th? Put your hand up. I just, just out of curiosity. You were here for the 50th. Let me, let me ask you another question. What did we do? Does anyone remember 10 years ago what we did on the 50th? What? We ate. Is that all you can think about? <laughs> Honestly, honestly, when I was thinking about the 50th, this, 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 is, this is the truth. I told my wife. When I was thinking about the 50th, the special thing was Debbie Henry's coconut cream pie on the, on the table out there. I'm telling you. What did we do on the 50th? Anyone else? We planted a tree. I have a picture of that. If, if Maggie could pull that up there. It just kind of just kind of expl- explain because it's a little bit fuzzy there. We got in the burlap here. We got a a maple. Is it a maple, Kirk? A maple tree. Is it still out there? Yep. Is it still growing? You transplanted it from where it was over to here. But we got a maple tree in the front, and and Pastor Bobby looks so solemn there, doesn't he? <laughs> Anytime you dig a hole and he puts a suit on, he feels he's going to a funeral, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, uh, and Patty has the ribbon, just to tie the ribbon around the old yellow, uh, yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. And that was a special time. But I want to talk to you about trees, if I could, because I want to make a comparison. It is so unique that we have a tree that represents our 50th. And I think there's something very special about the tree, and we want to look at some of those thoughts here today about the tree. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1 has become, over the last two years, uh, my kind of life chapter. Matter of fact, I've memorized it, my wife has memorized it, we repeat it to each other all the time, and I, I just want to read, I won't read all of it. But I want to read it for you because it talks about a tree. And I want to compare how fitting and how ironic it is that we're able to plant a tree. And I don't think any of us really thought about it at the 50th anniversary. But we planted a tree. And as I was thinking about something to share with you this morning, I was thinking to myself, how appropriate that Calvary uh, could be called uh, like a tree. 
Let's look at it here. It says, blessed is the man. This is, this is the scripture that God gave to me. Now, there's a parallel scripture that kind of pictures Calvary to, and I'll get to that in just a moment. But this is my verse. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he will meditate day and night. I love this. For he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I, I want to be that tree. I, I'm, I, I'm in my 60s, and you know, I'm kind of comparing where I'm at spiritually in my maturity and where Calvary is, but it's neat to be 60 years old. There's something special about 60. How many are over 60? Put a hand up and proud of it. I'll tell you what, praise God. There's a special journey that we are on. When I, it seems like all the things of life that are, that are trite and all the things that are trivial kind of fall off and we, we get more focused. As we've walked with God all these years, we get our roots planted deep in the soil and we, we, we have green leaves uh, and we have abundant fruit. These are things that, that I want. And I, as I pray and as I seek the Lord for His journey in my life, I say, dear God, I want to be that tree. I don't want to be a branch that's shaken and blowing in the wind. I want to be a firm tree. And I want to put my roots deep down into the soil to where I can have an anchor for my soul in the troubling time that we live in, in this desperate situation that we're facing in our country today and what the church is facing today. I want to be a stalwart of the faith and say my roots are deep. And, I, and I'm feeding from the living waters, the springs of water that bring nourishment and health and strength to me. That's, that's the cry of my heart. And I, I feel that all my life I've walked I've tried to walk not after the counsel of the ungodly. I've tried all my life to, to not uh, stand in the path of sinners, not to be in their way. I, I've tried all my life to, to, to not sit in the counsel of the scornful. I've, I've wanted to walk with integrity. I wanted to stand with the whole armor of God on. I wanted to, to sit in the counsel of God. And after all these years, I believe God has blessed my life and ministry with maturity. And I've never... Uh, and the Bible says that we delight in the law of the Lord. I've never loved God more, and I've never loved His Word more than I do right now. It's an awesome thing to be able to just feast upon the Word of God and have that security. And if you're not there, ask God for it. Because that's what maturity is, is being able to delight. And then he says, in all your ways, you'll prosper. I've never been in, in a time in my life. And man, we had a blast when I was here. I don't know about you, but I had fun in those 11 or 12 years when I was at Calvary. It was a blast. And we experienced the blessing of God and the miracles of God and the good things of God. And God prospered us. And God continues to prosper Calvary. Because the deeper our roots get and the, and the more our leaves are green and the more abundant our fruit, the more God is going to bless. He says, delight in the Lord. You know, I was, and you and I have been delivered for delight. Why did God deliver uh, the uh, uh, children of Israel out of Egypt? Because he wanted to delight in them. Why did God deliver you from sin and bring you into salvation? Because every day he wants to delight in you. He wants you to walk in him and love him and love his law and love his word and, and sink down into the word of God and allow that to nourish your soul. And every day you get up, I want to tell you what, I've never experienced a day-by-day -day blessing that Lynn and I have experienced recently. 
I mean, it's like every morning I get up and I say, God, give me a divine appointment. And all of a sudden, something will pop up that I could tell you story after story of incredible things. It just said, God, give, give me a divine appointment today. And all of a sudden, I say, God, I could go out there spinning my wheels. I could go from church to church and pastor to pastor. And I could, I, I could go from student to classroom and, and nothing happened at the end of the day. But I want to tell you when I pray, say, dear God, bless my steps and help me to delight in you today. Something will happen that day of divine or I live on miracles. It's just a blessing of God day after day to experience it. I delight in the Lord and I want to be that tree. I want to anchor my soul and be that tree. And I think Calvary's there. I think Calvary is the mature tree and I thank God for the anchor that you have. Because I want to tell you, I go from church to church Every Sunday I'm in a different church and the truth of the reality is 80% of the Southern Baptist churches in Virginia are either plateaued or declining, Brother Stewart. Do you realize that? It's sad. And I'm in those churches and I experience what's going on. And I look back at Calvary and I say, thank God for a church whose roots are deep and whose leaves are green and the fruit is abundant. And you need to thank God for that because it's rare today. I go into churches that are struggling and, and financially they're struggling and spiritually they're struggling and they're looking for pastor, they're looking for leadership and praise God for 60 years at Calvary. The companion scripture, if you have your Bibles, go to, go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah has the companion scripture and I think Jeremiah probably got his clue from reading uh, uh, the book of Psalms, David's thing about the tree, but all of a sudden... Jeremiah begins to write, and it takes a different twist, but I, I want to I compare this to Calvary if I could. Blessed is the church. Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the church. Blessed is the church at what? That trusts in the Lord. I wish I had time to tell you story after story about how Calvary trusts in the, trusts in the Lord. When we were sending 100 people out our door and sending $85,000 worth of tithing members out our door, how John Hartless was saying, we're not cutting our budget, we're raising it by 10%. Year after year after year, we would send it out and God would pour it in. We trusted in God. We believed in God's vision. We believed in God's call. And every, every, every time we would do something of incredible, uh, 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 wondrous work, God would m multiply that over and over. Because why? Because Calvary was mature enough to trust in the Lord. Don't ever lose sight of the trust. And whose hope is in the Lord. Calvary's hope for the future is in the Lord. We're trusting God as he brings new leadership here with Andy and Stuart, Pastor Stewart and Pastor Andy and Pastor Todd as he's bringing new leadership to your church. There's a hope in the Lord that God is going to continue to do what he's already started. Over and over, God is going to replenish that, that trust and that hope in the Lord. We're 60 years old and it's a good place, folks. Because 60 years brings maturity. I, I, I helped a church out that was a struggling church, wanted revitalization. That church was started, listen to me, that church was started in 1775. Hundreds of, I mean, they were there before the Declaration of Independence was signed. And that church had no pastor. That church had no leaders. That church was floundering and struggling. 
There was nothing strong of a base of foundation. Their roots were not deep. They were struggling, and they called on me and said, please do something to help us. We're about to close our door. That happens Sunday after Sunday, week after week. We hear calls of churches that are struggling like that. But praise God, in 60 years, God has brought Calvary to the place where their roots are deep. Their trust is in the Lord. Their hope is in the Lord. For he shall, listen, for Calvary shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and shall not, oh, I love this, and shall not fear when heat comes, shall not fear when, uh, when drought comes, shall not fear when hurricanes come, shall not fear when tempest comes and storms may come. Why? Because we've got an anchor through this church that goes deep down into the Word of God. The Word has been preached here, and the Word has been profoundly taught here, and that roots that in the soil keeps sucking in that life-giving flow and we become powerful entity for God the body of Christ with its hope and its trust in the Lord Jesus and it says when heat comes and I want to tell you what listen very carefully how Calvary has gone through years of the heat we can't say we've been without trouble you can't say there hasn't been times of tempest and storms but when heat comes notice what it says it's leaf shall be green. And when drought comes, it will not be anxious, nor cease from yielding fruit. Listen to me. If you've been here long enough, you've seen Calvary has it, have its ups and its downs. That's part of maturity, folks. In my 60 years of ministry, I know what it's like to be down, and I know what it's like to be up. But I want to tell you that the mountaintops and the valleys all equal out to maturity. Because it's during those times of the drought where God sinks our roots down even deeper. It's during those times of, of tempest and storms in our life that God calls us back to himself and says, You can still bear fruit even in the midst of the drought. Your leaf can still be green even in the midst of trouble. And you've progressed and you've grown and you've become mature. Thank God for that. Are you anxious? Well, sometimes. Do you fear when heat begins to get turned up? Sometimes. But you're like that mighty tree. <laughs> you know, I think about it. The symbol, 50 years of anniversary, planted out here 10 years ago, is a tree. And it's a maple tree. I, I'm, I don't know who picked that out, but Kirk, if it was you that picked the maple tree, thank God. Because I, I, didn't, I was thinking about this, and I'm thinking, I was, a Calvary's like a mighty oak. And uh, I didn't want to use the oak as an analogy. You know why? Because oaks have a lot of nuts hanging on them, and I wanted to use something a little bit different. I don't want Calvary to be noticed as a, as a great oak. You know what it is? It's a great maple. And you know what I like about maple trees that's planted out there? Every time you walk by it, remember one thing. Its leaves are beautiful, and we're about to see it. And all oh, the maple trees, the color, and the splendor, and the spectacular beauty of a maple tree. You know what I get? I get my house is surrounded by oak trees, and they're ugly. And they keep dropping all kinds of nuts all over the yard and messing up my decks and messing up my house. My wife will tell you about it. We just talked about it yesterday. How are we going to keep up with all these oak trees out here dumping all this stuff? I don't want you to be an oak tree. I want you to be a maple because in our neighbor's yard is a maple tree. And it's beautifully arrayed with beautiful leaves. And also, besides that, it gives sweet, sweet sap. <laughs> Say, man... Calvary can give the maple syrup. 
And I'll tell you, I've never been in a church that's had more sweet people. We get hugged on and we get loved. I don't ever, would you, would you, would you uh, promise me something? Two things that you want to constantly cling to and hang on to. Number one, you want to display the beauty of the Lord in everything you do. Regardless of how dry it might get, regardless of how stormy it might get, display the sweetness of Jesus. Allow whatever comes your way to just be, be syruply sweet. Just be a bunch of saps is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> We've, we have people come into our church, never been in the church before, and someone will grab their neck and hug them. Man, what are you doing to me, man? I'll tell you, I'd rather, I'd rather love them to death as speak cruelly against them. I'd rather they experience the love of Jesus when they walk in here, not understand what it's all about. But just love. Just be beautiful in the midst of everything. And just be sweet. Beautiful, beautiful anchor that we have. Stick to the maple, amen? And every time we walk past that maple tree, remind yourself our roots are anchored. After 60 years, Old Calvary Baptist Church has its roots anchored, and we can weather the storm. Number two, we can face the changing seasons. And even in the changing seasons, maybe when we're preparing for winter, the leaves are beautiful and colorful. And we also have fruit. Branches are loaded and bursting with fruit. Uh, I, I don't ever remember a church that I've been in that has had more serving people. Serving people. Everybody finds their spot. Everybody finds their position. And when the winds of transition and change comes, when the storms come, we anchor our soul deep into him. One last thing, and I'm going to close. There's one other thing that a tree does. When it's cut down, it leaves the stump. I want you to turn to Isaiah. Let me see, I put a little marker here because I just discovered this not too long ago, a couple months ago, and I, I had to stop and think about it for a second. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 13. As the terabith tree, I, I, I don't know what a terabith tree, does anyone know what a terabith tree is? I don't know, it doesn't really matter. Let's just put maple in there, okay? It sounds good. As the maple tree or an oak whose stump remains when it is cut down, so the holy seed shall be its stump. I thought about that and I thought to myself, 60 years of, 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 of ministry, 60 years of life, 50 years of life, the maturity that we have, one day uh, we're going to be cut down. Randy Spencer one day is going to be cut down. I don't care how mighty the oak is, I don't know how beautiful the, 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 the uh, maple tree is, one day we're going to be cut down and you know what's going to be left is a stump. And I'm think, thinking to myself, what glory is in that? I mean, I, I didn't take much... Uh, uh, pride in the fact of looking at this scripture and saying to myself, Old oh, Spencer, man, when I'm gone, you're just going to think of me as just an old stump. <laughs> if I'm going to be a stump, I want to be the stump of the highest order. And you know, my stump is going to bring forth generational blessing. Because, you know, I've cut an oak tree down in my backyard at least three times in the, in the 15 years that I've been there. And you know what happens when I cut it down? It keeps coming back. <laughs> Green stems begin to grow from that trunk. 
And I'm saying to myself, what I want to leave is a heritage for my kids. I want to be able to leave a, 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 a legacy for my ministry. I want to be able to invest in young people. I want to be able to invest in young preachers. I want to be able to have every church that I ministered into look back and say, when Randy Spencer was cut down, he left a stump. And out of that stump are the roots that go way down deep into the soil that draw from the water and the nourishment in order to feed the next generation. And listen to me, Calvary. You are going to be and already have been a stump. There's ministries out there that are growing and flourishing right now because they've drawn from your deep roots that are down in the soil. They've drawn from your maturity. They've drawn from the things that you've invested in them. And, and hundreds and hundreds of people through Stanton are being ministered to and growing flourishing and their leaves are green and and, and they're prospering and their fruits are abounding. Why? Because you left a stump. Something that the new generation can grow from. I want that in my life. I want to be able to invest in young preachers. I want to have them come to me and say, man, it's because of your investment in my life. And when I'm gone, when nothing is left to the old tree, just a stump, May God raise up another generation that will flourish from the roots that I've put down. Calvary, keep you the roots growing because I want to tell you, God's not finished with you yet. God is going to continue to bless the lives of young ministers. God's going to continue to build churches. God's going to continue to use you to send missionaries to the mission field. God's going to continue to use you to be a light in Stanton. And out of that, generational, generational church begins to grow. And from what God has done in 50, 60 years here at Calvary, you're going to see it from generation to generation because that's what God made us for. That's why we're here. I want, I I guess... uh, what I want to do now is I, I want the leaders of the church, if you would, maybe you have this in, already in there, but I would like the privilege, maybe I'm taking it from your pastor, but I'd like to have the leaders come. and Allow me to pray a prayer of blessing over you. Would you do that? Just, uh, you say, I'm not officially on the record or whatever. I don't care. If you feel that you're a leader in this church, or a leader of anything, would you just come and stand in the front with me? I want to pray a prayer of blessing upon our leaders. Just come and stand right around. What an awesome privilege to see the leadership of this church. Sunday school teachers, leaders of of departments. Any other leaders that I could pray for. Praise God. We got women leaders here too, don't we? Come on, women leaders. You're part of this old stump. Anyone else? Anyone else? You're This is, this is a special time for me because I, I can't tell you how, mu- how much I thank God for Calvary. Uh, and I don't know where I would be today if it wouldn't be for the, for the t- 10 or 12 years, 11 years that God allowed me to be your pastor here. I mean that seriously. That was a God-ordained and God-divinely appointed appointment for me. 
Because what I learned at Calvary was, you know, it, it was fine at, at Liberty when I was there before. But what I learned at Calvary and what I experienced at Calvary, I'm able to take that into classrooms and share that with students. I'm able to counsel with young students and tell them what God did here and the testimony that went with this church. What God is doing in Harrisonburg because of the faith and because of the, the, the foundation that this church laid. Uh, be, because of what's going on downtown at the Visualite Movie Theater. What's going on over at the... Uh, elementary school in Churchville. That, that's a, I, I can't tell you how many times the faith that this church has, has demonstrated was, was, a, was a faith that I'm able to relate to the next generation of young guys. And the way you cared for me and the way you took care of me and the way we pulled together was an awesome thing for me to be able to relate to. You know, young guys come in and I've, I've met with them. I've met with pastors and they sit at a table. I take them to lunch and they sit at a table and they weep over their church. And some of them are so discouraged and so torn up because of how they're treated and that nothing ever seems to go right. And then I'm able to share with them, God is able to do all things exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And I'm able to encourage them with stories of what, what took place at Calvary and lift their spirits up and say, God can do the same thing through you if you just seek the Lord and ask God to empower you to build that church that he's called you to pastor. So what an awesome blessing. And I want to thank you for your leadership. And I'm sure there's many more out here that just uh, haven't moved forward. But all of you, well, I want you to pray while I just put a hand out. Just jo join hands with these leaders across this aisle here. You can just take a hand and let me just pray a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, through the storms, through the tempest, and through the high points and through the low points, through the valleys and on the mountaintop, we've been there, Lord. And God, I can relate to Calvary because I'm... 60-some years old, Lord. I'm celebrating anniversaries myself, but they're anniversaries of maturity. And I thank you for where Lynn and I are in our stage of life right now. I thank you, God, that you have caused our roots to go deep and caused our branches to be green and caused the fruit to be abundant. And God, I pray that blessing upon these leaders right now. I pray a special blessing upon Stuart. I, uh, Pastor Stewart, may he be empowered, may he be gifted, Lord, may he, may he, may he know the privilege that he has of, of pastoring and loving this congregation. And for, and for Pastor Andy, as he just comes, and, and for Pastor Todd, God, I pray you put a special anointing upon them. Give them clarity of direction. Give them a special anointing of the Holy Spirit upon their life, Lord, that they could follow your steps and they could feel your power. And, Lord, bless them with abundant fruit. Bless them, Lord, even in the drought seasons where their leaves are green. Bless them, Father, when their trust is in the Lord, when their hope is in the Lord. God, touch them and bless them. For each of these leaders, Lord, give them direction. Give them, Lord, it gets discouraging at times. We get overwhelmed at times, and we get frustrated at times, Father. But keep picking them up, Lord. And, Father, I pray for this church as a whole. It's a light in this community. And, Father, it is a strong stalwart of faith. Lord, it is a light beacon shining out into the, into the areas of Stanton and, and Churchville and, and, and Stewart's Draft and Waynesboro and Fishersville and Harrisonburg. All these areas, Lord, know and have seen the light. And I pray, Father, you just bless that light to continue to shine 
And help us, Father, to come alongside other churches that are struggling and just need the maturity of this, this mother church, this father church, this patron of the, of the faith. Use this church, Lord, to continue to build up and strengthen. And we'll praise you for your anointing, for your power, for your blessing upon all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just give Jesus a hand clap. What an awesome privilege. God bless all of you. God bless you. Bless you guys. This is Rob Spencer of Church Downtown, and he's coming with great news from the Lord. Thank you, Oh, what an honor it is to be with you this morning. I was talking to Kelly, and we were, she was saying, hey, they got me leading a song called Man of Sorrows. And I said, man, is Brian Clemens going to play the banjo? Um, and then she said, that's not Man of Constant Sorrows. That's a whole different song. Uh, I said, I wondered how it fit into the service, but this new music guy, I don't know, you know, we'll see what happens. Oh, man, what an honor it is to be here this morning. Can I call you mom? Um, because that's what you are. You're our mother. Um, how exciting is it to see and, and, and look around and just see what God does when we step out in faith and just trust Him for great things? Uh, I'll tell you, church, just a quick... Hey, guys, nice to see you all. I don't want you to think I'm ignoring you back there. Um, the, our church, uh, Church Downtown, gave me uh, an incredible blessing as a pastor. Over the past about five months, they allowed me to take a sabbatical. Um, and uh, it, was, it was related a lot to, to getting started with physical things. As you guys know and been praying for me for years, my back was just feeling pretty rough, uh, getting to the place where I was having to preach sitting down, couldn't stay long after church, had to head out the door real fast, all those kind of things, and just really wearing me down. And I, I met with the guys, and I said, I don't know that I can keep going at the pace we're rolling here. And they said, you just... You just need to take time, Pastor, and you need to get better. And uh, however we can bless you in doing that. So um, I, I'm so appreciative of the church, and I know that that leadership at our church uh, is impacted by the leadership of Calvary. And what you've put in the hearts of our leaders have been modeled to them through here and how you care and you love uh, your pastor's here. I got to talk to Pastor Bobby a little bit about the fun time he had on his sabbatical as well, and he gave me some good advice, and he said, you know, so it was nice to have that encouragement, but I want to uh, announce to you this morning that uh, about two or three weeks ago, I went back in for my three-month checkup. I had a back surgery in my lower back, and uh, the doctor said, we've taken the x-rays, everything looks all good, it's all fusing together like it should, you can go and start doing life. Uh, and how amazing... That is. Praise the Lord. So great thing. So I got through that season. My wife and I jumped in the, uh, we, we decided we wanted an RV. Um, so, uh, you know, normally it doesn't happen. We couldn't afford it. But we're like, yeah, we're on sabbatical. Let's just do what we want. Um, and uh, we went out. Don't live your life this way normally. But uh, we did pray about it a little bit. And uh, it, it was... <laughs> It was amazing because the prayer was, God, if you don't want this to happen, it won't work out. So we went and found a great deal. I couldn't move because I couldn't bend over. I took dad with me. And uh, mom and dad went up there with me. They're crawling through this thing looking. Dad gave it the thumbs up and we bought it and uh, had an awesome trip. We put on 7,500 miles over about five weeks and uh, about 55 pounds or so I put on as well. Um, we ate a lot of food. We just had a great time. And I'm literally in the bunk of the RV and uh, Kelly's driving two hours 
hours from home. We're ending this trip, and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, we're going to sell this thing because we can't afford it anymore. Um, you do great things for us. We sell this, and we'll get the money uh, back and uh, maybe get some extra. Really bless us, and we'll pay for our trip. I want to tell you, God not only healed my back, he, uh, we are, uh, he's just doing great things in our personal lives when we trust him and step out and say, okay, God, we want to follow you. We want to be obedient. We ran in, so, so like two hours from home, I'm laying in his bunk thinking, thanks, God. We've gone this whole trip. We haven't hit anything. We don't have any tickets. And then all of a sudden, Kelly screams, ah, and slams on the brakes. I hit a bear, a bear. She hit a bear. Some of you hunters in here, my wife is ahead of you. She's killed a bear. You've been trying your whole life. You've been using the wrong weapon. You've got to get an RV. Um, she hit this thing, and I was just, honestly, I just thought, oh, no. How are we going to sell it now? And, and then I asked the kids if they were okay. Uh, but my, just to be honest, my first thought was more financial. So we, uh, we got this thing, and, and I just want to tell you how God blessed so we sat on this. The insurance gave us a call a couple weeks later, and they said, I don't know how they did this. I went camping in it like two times after we got back, and it ran fine. Everything was fine, but they said, we're going to total your RV. So they totaled it out, and I thought, ah, oh, no, I'm just going to get what we paid for. Okay, there goes the extra money that we thought we might get. I want to tell you how God works. Because we were praying. Kelly and I started praying, and we said, Lord... Beyond what we could ever ask or think or imagine, we want you to do through this situation. What Satan means for evil, God can use for good. God desires to bless his children. And we got this call and he said, uh, do you, we're going to total it out. Do you want to keep it? Well, it runs fine. Everything is just some cosmetic stuff, but apparently whatever they figured out was too much that they wanted to put into it. So... We have an RV, we paid off the RV, we still own the RV, and we had money to pay back uh, toward our vacation, almost to the penny, which was incredible. That's how God works. Just, just cool, a God that we serve. And, and here's, here's a story. So I, I'm just telling you the way God's blessing right now, so I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not just telling you, because you, you don't have to be a pastor to get this blessing. Don't be like, oh, dang it. Uh, I, wanted, <laughs> I want an RV. We're going to find a bear. No, God doesn't always <laughs> work that way, all right? It doesn't always. But, but what, what happens when, when you take big steps of faith, when you move in faith, God moves in power. And when we trust him that you've got a plan, you're doing something, and I've got to trust that you're moving. Now, I didn't correlate what people were speaking on, so forgive me if someone else has already talked about this. But I love in Deuteronomy when the children of Israel are called to look back, and it says, we look back and remember the way the Lord our God has led us these past years, how he was faithful to us, how he provided for us, and remembering. So this morning is a great morning to look back and begin to say, God, how have you provided for us? How have you been faithful to us, how you have taught us and brought us to certain places in our lives where we've been, as a church, we've been faced with things. Over 60 years, this church has gone through some trying times, but these times produce character within us, and God builds this character in us, and he uses the low points in our life if we trust him, and we just say, I'm going to keep walking in faith, God. I'm going to keep stepping out. When we step in faith, when we move in faith, God moves in power in mighty ways, and God is going to continue to do do that here. God has a plan and a purpose. And I want to tell you, as my mom, uh, not that one right there. I, nice to see you, mom. Um, but as my mother church here, you have set an example of what it means to take steps of faith and watch God work in power. 
That God has done great things through Calvary Baptist Church and God will continue to do great things through Calvary Baptist Church. I was talking to our church this morning and I want to share with you what God's been doing there. It's funny when you look through the life of Moses in the book of Exodus, we see Moses leading the children of Israel out of the desert. And all of a sudden, all the stuff's going on where they're getting ready to move, they're getting ready to go, there's a pillar of cloud that God is in, he's leading them. How nice would that be sometimes in our life to go, where do I go? Oh, there's the pillar of cloud. I'll go that way. And, and, and we like that idea, but here's the deal. Even in the midst of that, they were afraid. Even in the midst of that, they're following the leading of God. God's taking them one way. And it says in there that, that God gets them to the point and he says to Moses, turn them around because I've got a plan. I've got a plan. Can you imagine turning around two million people? About how many people are, are with them? About two million people. It's just crazy to think. God's moving in a direction. He confirms it in the leader. And this is what church been down, downtown has been doing for several years. We start checking out a building. We feel like God's moving in that direction. We take steps of faith. And all of a sudden, the door closes. And as a leader, it hurts. Because you think, everyone's thinking, what's this guy doing? Because you know those two million people were like, what's Moses doing? Maybe he didn't hear from God. Maybe that wasn't the direction God wanted him to do, but God says, no, Moses, turn him around because what I want to do is I want to prove my power to the Egyptians. And I'm going to prove my power to the Israelites. And they're going to look like you guys are confused. And Moses says, you're right. It does look like we're confused. Everyone here thinks we're confused. So you've done well, God. And God says, okay, you're going to look confused. You're going to feel confused. They're going to think you're confused. And then I'm going to step in. And you move in faith. You just believe me. Even though it doesn't look like it makes any sense, you keep walking in faith. And when you move in faith, I'm going to move in power. And I'm going to prove myself and display my glory and my honor to these Egyptians and God does great things when the Israelites just follow in faith and trust that even though it doesn't make sense they trust their leader that he's heard from God and he's following so we have been in that place at church downtown and as I came off this sabbatical God began opening up another door that we thought was closed because sometimes we move in faith and God moves in power, but the power of God isn't the same kind of power we were hoping to see. It's a powerful door slamming closed. <sighs> okay, what now? And he says, just when you feel like you're trapped, just when you feel like there's no way out, that's when I'm going to show up. So I got to celebrate with church downtown my first Sunday back after about five months of sabbatical my first Sunday back we celebrated our fifth anniversary so five downtown or five years being downtown Stanton five years in existence of reaching people so we got a chance last week to look back and remember what God has done over the past five years celebrate people that came to faith in Jesus Christ baptisms uh, giving all the things that God has used our church to do but we don't just look back. We look backwards for the purpose of thanking God, celebrating Him, reminding ourselves that we trust in Him, and we look forward. What are you going to do next? Because if you can look back at Calvary Baptist Church over 60 years and think, look at how God has provided when we've walked in obedience. He didn't bring us here to leave us here. He's going to do something great. 
I can't imagine what he's going to do for the next 60 years of Calvary Baptist Church as you trust in him, have faith in him, and faith in the leaders that he's appointed to be here at this time to lead. So I got to stand in front of our church last week and say, look what God has done. Look at how he's led us. Look at how he's produced character in us. And now, as I took that time off and began to physical heal, physical healing, God began to bring some spiritual renewal into my heart and into my life. New passion, new direction, new vision for the church. And I was able last Sunday to announce to our church that God not only has given us new fresh vision, but he's given us a new location as well. So we're celebrating because we have signed a contract with the Stanton Mall and the old Stanton Health and Fitness space that we are gonna be moving our church to that new location. So praise God for that. And in the midst of these steps of faith, we're still in it, church. We're still there. Every, every day is a step of faith and just trusting that God knows what's next. And it's the cool thing about being on a journey with God. God knows. He has a plan. He's going to take us somewhere. He's going to lead us. We just have to trust Him. And we might not know where we're going to meet next week, um, but God's got a plan. We've got to get our bird building permits in order. We've got to get all that stuff in place. So we're asking you to pray for us as we get all that stuff done. Let, let those, all that go through, all those bureaucracy kind of things that are all important, but I just don't understand. But it's got to be there. So pray that all those things come through the way that they should. But all the work that we've done in, in, in investigating and everything else, God's opening up a door for that to take place. And we are so excited. We had yesterday our first uh, cleaning day over at our space where we had... Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how many people came, but we didn't count. But there were a lot, and we got a lot of cleaning done yesterday to begin readying the space for what's going to be next. And we're so excited to see how God is going to work and how God is going to move as we trust him. But here's what I want to tell you. It was funny because I walked in and I heard Dad talking about trees. I'm not really sure the whole background of the tree thing, but we were talking about trees last week too at our church. <laughs> Have you ever gone to the uh, plant store? Probably has a name. Uh, Kirk Quillen probably knows it. Um, nurse. No, not babies. Um, come on, guys, trying to throw me off back there. And a nursery. And you, you get a tree in a pot, right? So you take this tree home. If you leave it in the pot, the tree's only going to grow so big, right? But if you take that tree out of that pot and you pick it up and you put it in the garden... You plant it where it has a plant chance to let its roots grow deep in the love of God and become strong. Its branches will reach further. And church downtown is no longer a church plant. We're becoming a church replant. We're being transplanted. We're moving. God's taken us out of the location. We've gotten about as big as we could with the facility that we're in. And God is poising us, positioning us to get our roots deeper, to reach our branches further, and to do more for this city and around the world for his name's sake. And we are so excited because what we see happening here is a mature mother who has let your branches reach far. You've dropped those seeds that we sprung up from. You nurtured us, you took care of us, you loved us, you watered us, you cared for us, you blessed our socks off. And we are in the position that we are today because of you. Because God has allowed you to be a channel of blessing to our church. And we are so excited to see 
not only what God does with church downtown, but I'm just excited to see what God does with Calvary Baptist Church because he blesses that obedience. So from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you. From the bottom of my church's heart, I want to say thank you. You have been such an example of faithfulness to us because you step in faith and you move in faith and you're watching God move in power. And now your kids are doing the same thing. And it's exciting as a parent to watch your kids move forward, to grow deeper. And we're seeing that happen. And I just wanted to bless you with that information this morning, church. God is doing great things through our church. And it's because of your faithfulness to him and your kingdom-mindedness. Thank you so much for what you've done. God bless you. Well, uh, Calvary not only helped uh, uh, the church that is now across, uh, across the link uh, toward uh, Harrisonburg, but in, helped plant church downtown, also uh, helped in, in starting a church in Fishersville, uh, the Village Church. And finally, what did I say? Fishersville, Churchville, I'm sorry. Too many villes around for me, I'm just... Pastor, you were speaking earlier about the grace and the love of this church, and I've experienced that because I make mistakes a lot, <laughs> so, uh, and I've experienced a lot of grace. But anyway, uh, but, but, uh, but a fellow Sandlapper is the, uh, is the church plant pastor, and you can tell because he's not wearing a jacket, so come on, bro. Um, they overdress, but you're, you're one of us, so praise God. This is Brother Robert Hampshire. God bless you, man. Bless you, man. I rushed here from Churchville, and I shouldn't have, because I forgot that there were two Spencers actually speaking before me. (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah, I'm Robert. Um, Three and a half years ago, we started Easter Sunday or Palm Sunday, Easter Easter weeks. Uh, 2015, we started meeting in in Churchville, kind of officially, unofficially as as a church. And uh, and so three and a half years in, that's, that's where we're... Where we're standing right now, and this morning actually um, was interesting because we met in the uh, building that we met in before we started our church. Not strategically, at least not on our part. It was because uh, the place we normally meet, which is Churchville Elementary School, um, we weren't allowed in because of the hurricane. Um, And so we, it's just kind of uh, interesting providence that we're just kind of back there this morning. So it kind of brought back some memories. And um, I wanted to share uh, something very quickly uh, that uh, that where I've been in in my study over the last couple weeks, uh, our church has been in in the book of Nehemiah on Sundays. And if you've ever studied the book of Nehemiah, in a nutshell, it is God's people uh, moving back. Ezra and Nehemiah is God's people moving back from where they were from, or back to where they were from, from a place of captivity in Babylon back to Jerusalem. And part of that whole thing was they rebuilt a lot of stuff. They rebuilt their temple, they rebuilt the altar, they rebuilt the wall around Jerusalem, and they rebuilt the gates, or rehung the gates. And uh, uh, a a while into uh, the building project, uh, there was a period of time where they stopped, and they lost motivation, they lost momentum. And in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 10, it says, In Judah it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. 
And uh, I'd say that's a pretty good assessment of every one of our lives and the mission that God has called us to, the vision that God has in our life, the, the vision of this church, the vision of any church. Uh, but as we think of a church plant, we think of all the work that goes into it, the, the man and woman and boy and girl hours that are put into it, all hands on deck endeavor, and it, and it certainly still is uh, to this point, um, that that there's a lot of rubble, that there's a lot of work that is involved with it. Uh, Rob was talking about cleaning day for, for them. Um, that's, just, that's just part of being, uh, especially a new church, especially being a portable church. As you can imagine, coming into a place like this um, and, and setting up the chairs every week and setting up the platform every week, nothing, you know, nothing's there already. You've got to build it. Um, and, and so there are times when some people lose momentum. There are times when people lose motivation. But I love... What Nehemiah had to say here, and it's such a good reminder, and I think it's a good reminder for us too, no matter what we're in the middle of, that as people, uh, as their strength was failing, Nehemiah looked out at the people and said, do not be afraid. Remember the Lord, because it's easy for us to forget. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your homes. And I, that, that really encouraged me this morning, uh, as, even as I preached that at, at, at our church, um, and over the last couple of weeks as I've been thinking about that. You know, it's interesting. One of the most common phrases that God says to his people is, be strong. Why is that? Because naturally, uh, we're not that strong. Uh, naturally, we become weak. Naturally, we lose focus. And so uh, the age of, uh, of a church plant heading into year four, we're, we're, again, we're three and a half years, it's a significant, research has shown that it's a very significant period of a church, that, that there's one third of churches that are planted that by year four, they close their doors, one third of church plants. Um, and maybe you know of some churches that have closed their doors. Maybe you know of some, some new churches that, that maybe not have made it that far eventually close their doors. And it's because of this. It's because the rubble, you know, the work, uh, the momentum, the motivation, uh, it's difficult. But we have been so encouraged, uh, lately especially, to remember the greatness of God. And we've been encouraged to remember the awesomeness of God. And then to remember that fact that, man, it's not about us. In church, that's our message uh, for, for us today. And that was the message that Four years ago, when we were sent to Churchville, that this church had was, it's not about us. It's about reaching people. It's about glorifying God through reaching people with the gospel. And so it's not about us is what was the mantra here at Calvary, and then sent a group of believers to Churchville. And a few years before that, the mantra was, it's not about us. Let's send a, church, let's send a group downtown. And before that, to Crosslink. And, and who knows in the future, because that is the mantra. That, that's the feel of this church. And and, and I benefit from that because we said it's, it's not about us. And that's, so that's where we are today. I want to uh, encourage us to kind of end with this. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Paul says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless or in vain. Be strong, church. Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless or in vain. And, and so just to kind of give you a quick snapshot of where we are as a church, we uh, continue to meet at Churchville Elementary School, and they have been 
uh, incredibly gracious to allow us to come in there and make a mess and then clean it up before we leave. Uh, the custodians are wonderful there and have done, uh, been very helpful for that. Uh, there's a new principal at the school this year, and she's been completely friendly and, uh, and helpful in, in multiple ways. And God has blessed us. His favor has been on us. And that's what we prayed before we even started. God, would your favor be on us? And, uh, and, and we have, we've experienced that this morning. We, um, even though we had to meet in, in the fire department uh, to be dry from the rain, um, they, we uh, announced or celebrated that we brought on four new members uh, this morning. Last week, we, we had a vote uh, for four new members. And so God is, God is growing our church. The, the, yeah, that's awesome. A really big part of our church, as you can imagine, is, is people that serve, our volunteers. We call them our dream team. And God has grown the dream team. God has grown the leadership of our uh, dream team. God has sent us some, uh, some amazing people that have a heart for him. And, uh, and I am so excited about what's next for our church. Uh, right now, we continue to be portable. We, uh, I shared with the body just last Sunday uh, about some specific ideas or some, some specific plans to be praying about, uh, about a, a, a potential land opportunity, a potential building type opportunity. And, uh, and we're consistently praying about that. And, and there's one that maybe God has for us on the horizon. So if you'll join with us in, in praying. Um, but what I have certainly discovered is that um, a, a church facility, a church building, Um, a church organization, even a church staff. There's a whole lot of things that do not mean that the church is on mission, reaching people the gospel. And and God has allowed us to be a church so far on mission, uh, reaching people for the gospel, being portable, setting up and tearing down uh, every week. And and again, let let us be encouraged by this thought that um, maybe for for you, it's not setting out chairs. Maybe for you, it's not... um, Brewing coffee while well, you brew coffee here. Maybe, maybe it's not setting up a church every Sunday. Uh, maybe for you, it's in your family. It's in your marriage that you think, man, there's things I do day in and day out that just seem useless. Maybe it's folding the laundry. Uh, maybe whatever it is in this church. Maybe it's teaching a class. Maybe it's teaching a group. Whatever it is that you do for the Lord, we can just nail it down. It is not useless, church. It is valuable. Uh, it, will, it, it will reap benefits, maybe that we'll never see in this life. Um, for we reaped the benefit of this church doing things for the Lord as, as being a church. But man, whatever it is in our life that we're just, God, I'm doing this for you. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to do this for you. Uh, we can be certain that there's going to be a reward for that. And there's going to be fruit for that. Thanks. Love you. Um. I just appreciate, Pastor Andy, that you were talking about trees. I have a little plaque next. Oh, I like oak trees. I, I agree that, you know, it can be messy. But I like, uh, pines are my, the bane of my life. There's a pine tree in the yard. I'm going to cut it down. But because um, they're, they're soft and, and messy and they'll fall in your house. But, um, but I got a little sign next to my door coming out of the office that my mom gave me many years ago. And it says, the mightiest oak is just a little nut that held his ground. And, uh... <laughs> So, uh, so I appreciate what you said about uh, nuts and oak trees because uh, that's true. And, and then what you said about the maple tree uh, because just yesterday I was enjoying some maple syrup. And, uh, and, and I, I fulfilled something I wanted to do for my wife for about three or four years now. She, her favorite breed of dogs are boxers. And uh, so this past weekend I finally found 
a full-blooded boxer that I could afford. That's the, that's the, you can find full-blooded boxers, but I don't have that kind of money. But I found one, and uh, we named her Maple, <laughs> of all things. So, yeah, I know. Oh, I should have put a picture up. She's so cute. But uh, anyway, I, I, I really appreciate that. And, and these, we, we, we have these signs. If you're our guest, um, and, and you know, some of y'all may not realize, but in, in Stanton, there's this thing going on uh, about changing the name of a high school, Robert E. Lee High School. And so there are signs that say, save the name. There are signs that say, the name hurts. And, and just through a bunch of stuff, we came up with, with this. And it, each sign has these two things on either side of it. And, and so we only have a few left. We've been putting them in yards. But I tell you that, tell you that, that uh, John Hartless called me on Monday. Uh, he's been involved in the, in the save the name side of things. And he just said that... Um, that these had been noticed and some people thought that they were with that campaign and they had to explain them, no, because uh, one sign is red and one is blue. Ours is purple because red and blue make purple. It's about unity. And instead of politics, we won't talk about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Because he saves and he heals all our hurts. And, and so that is what the church is about. That's what we're, we're here to do. We're not... Uh, I, I, I like that, that uh, in heaven we don't have to worry about the weather, not going to talk about politics, it's just all going to be about Jesus. And this past week, as I was reading in the scripture, I read about Caleb, and, and I've read about him a lot. Great character in the Bible, one of the toughest dudes probably ever lived. He's one of the original 12 spies, I don't know if y'all remember that story, but, uh, but, but Moses sent 12 guys in to spy out the land early in their journeys. And 10 of them said, oh my goodness, there's giants in the land. There's no way we can get that job done. And Joshua and Caleb said, y'all are looking at the wrong thing. You're looking at the giants. We're looking at the Lord. And the Lord said he was going to give it to us. So why, what are you worried about? But God made them wander around the wilderness for 40 years because of the 10 tribes, the 10 spies, I mean, and the people complaining. And so they finally go in 40 years later. And in Joshua 14, and I'm not going to preach on it. You read the story of after being in there for about five years and Caleb is part of the one helping and they would take a piece of land at the time and everybody's getting their inheritance. Caleb walks in Joshua's tent who's now the leader of the children of Israel and he says, Hey Josh, you remember about 45 years ago when you and I were on that spy team that went in the land and saw all this and Moses said, Where I set my foot I could have and I've helped all you guys, now it's time to help me. Take the land that Moses promised me. But by the way, if you don't, I'm going to take it all by myself. His faith was still the same 45 years later that God would give him the land. And so I reread that story. And what hit me was not that, but that it says Joshua gave him Hebron, whose name used to be, and it gave a different name. And it said it was a word and then a name, and it said, because this was the mightiest man among the giants. Now, it says Nephilim, which were the breed of giants. It's also, uh, Goliath was one of those. And so I look, and in Joshua, and in Judges one twenty, it says they gave that land to Caleb. And here's a little deal about when Israel went in there and took the land. They never ran out all the giants and they lived, the Philistines lived in that same area. Now we call it the West Bank. It's still the Gaza Strip. They've never taken that except Caleb. And it says he ran out the three giants that was in his part of the woods. He took, he took over his land. And guess what tribe Caleb was from? Because they had 12 spies, one from each tribe. Joshua was a Levi. 
Caleb was Judah, the lion of the tribe of Judah is Jesus, right? And the Bible says in the last in, in the in the millennium, the lion will lie with the lamb. That they'll lay down together. Nobody, lion's not going to eat the lamb. Lamb's not going to be afraid of the lion. And I thought about in Revelation, it talks about Jesus being the lion and the lamb. He's the conqueror, yet he's also the sacrifice, right? And God has called us to take Stanton. And this church has made a great start, but the job's not done. Amen. And as we think about this kind of warfare we're in, just this is by way of announcement. If if you're just a guest today, let you know. Next week we're going to start some classes on Sunday evenings. Um, One is going to be putting on the armor. I'll be teaching that, uh, how to get clothed for battle. One is the way of the master, how to share your faith in in a way that Jesus did. Uh, Another is a parenting class. And I don't have the, what's the name, Todd? I couldn't remember what we call it. Wow, that was a long name. It's going to help parents battle the culture for your kids, okay? Uh, But it's going to be super great. And then uh, Katie Spurrier is going to be teaching sign language to our children. So if you come, your children will be learning sign language and uh, or can uh, have that opportunity. So that... All that's going to be, be very great. But there's something else that we're going to do. And, and, and I want to go ahead and say it today. we got one more week to plan for it. But then two weekends from now, I'm asking Calvary. And you can be a part of this if you want. When you go out the doors over in the corner is the sign-up place. 72 hours of prayer. We're going to ask you to pray for three days. Let me tell you why. We're going to ask you to pray on the last weekend of this month. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Not asking each individual to pray 72 hours. We're asking a whole bunch of, at least 72 people to pray for one hour. And you say, I can't pray for an hour. So that's why we made these, 72 hours of prayer. And in here are just suggestions to pray. But let me tell you why I picked that weekend. Because that is the weekend of the mischief and magic weekend in Stanton. Now you say, what is that? That is a thing celebrating Harry Potter and and mischief and magic. Did you catch the name? Mischief, which is acting wrongly. And magic, which is doing... Uh, demonic things that God condemns. And in that conference, they're going to be teaching kids how to cast spells, and they're going to be reading your fortune with tarot cards. And this affects, it it, it, kind of got to me, because last year on a Monday, always, every preacher is depressed on Monday. Amen, guys? People say, do you take Monday off? I say, no, I don't want to feel that bad on my own time. Um, I'll feel that bad on your time, but... uh, Mondays are just rough, but this particular week, I just, oh, and I couldn't shake it. Tuesday, it's bad. Wednesday. And then after that next weekend, I found out that it was the weekend of the magic and the mischief and magic weekend the next week. And you say, oh, that's just for fun. It's just, I want you to understand there's a spiritual reality. There's only two forces at work in the world, God and Satan. And if it's not of God, it's of the devil. And I'm not here to fuss at anybody. Let, let me assure you that the people who are caught up in that and, and take that as reality, which it, there is a reality to it, they have been blinded by our enemy. To, let's say, behold, the glorious light of the gospel, right? And people are looking for power in their life. They're looking for a supernatural reality. And if Christians don't get that we have a supernatural reality, the greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world that, that we have the power to take the mountain that God gave us, no matter our age or whatever, we're in trouble. And so we've picked that weekend to pray that God would bind the forces 
that are opposed to him. And that we might be able to witness to people that need to hear the gospel. I don't know if you're aware or not, the next month there is a, a weekend, a gay pride weekend. Now again, I love the people, and I do. I, I, I just pray that, you know, just in case you think they're worse sinners than you, Jesus said, oh, you think they're worse than you? You're going to perish unless you likewise repent. Okay, you know, a sinner is a sinner is a sinner, and they needs a Savior, right? But my point is this, that we ought to be praying for those people. We ought to be praying for our city. We ought to be praying that God would grant us the grace to spread the gospel to every living creature within the realm of our responsibility. Amen? And so I'm just asking you to join with us in prayer. Uh, you can sign up for that. And on the back of these anniversary t-shirts is this verse, Psalm 119.90, that God's faithfulness is to all generations. God's faithfulness extends to all generations. The Bible says that God is faithful even when we're faithless because he cannot deny himself. Did you catch that? God will be faithful because he made a covenant. God never breaks his covenant. We attempt to break the covenant. We, we really can't, but we do that. But even if we do, God is faithful still. And notice to whom he's faithful, all generations. There have been churches planted, and, and so... Even if Calvary fades, which I pray it doesn't, but even if it did, there's two other witnesses out there. And they want to plant churches so that it continues, that it multiplies, that it grows. You heard Pastor Randy speaking about, you know, those nuts are, each one is a potential oak tree. And, and no matter what the tree is, it produces seed that can reproduce. And that's why we are called trees, that planted by rivers of living Water. What did Jesus say? We worship God in spirit and in truth. And when we do, out of our innermost being flows a fountain of living water. That's the power of the Holy Spirit to spill out and to, be, to make a difference in this world. And so that's my prayer for Calvary. That's my prayer for all of us. Um, God, God has not finished with us yet. You know how I know? We wouldn't be here. We were just singing that song, Even So Come, Lord Jesus. Uh, do y'all... Do y'all really want him to come? I mean, we were singing that as if we were longing for his coming. It says like a bride waiting for a groom, just ready. You know, are you ready for Christ? Do you want Christ? I, I, I was almost a hippie, okay? Um, you, you may not be able to tell that now, but, but, but then I became a Jesus hippie, all right? Back in the 70s, they called us Jesus people, and I, I heard a... I heard a song uh, again this week. It reminded me, and guess what the name is? Jesus People, uh, by a guy named Barry McGuire. And this was back in the day. And I realized that we really don't have this attitude anymore. It goes like this. Have you had Jesus People knocking on your door, saying things you've never heard before? Well, don't get uptight. Things will be all right, because it won't be long, and they'll be gone. Right. <laughs> Saying things you don't, just don't want to hear, singing songs that keep ringing in your ear. Well, don't get mad. Don't feel, be feeling bad because it won't be long and we'll be gone. I've, it's been coming for a long, long time. Gets a little closer every day. And when it finally happens, going to blow their mind when all us Jesus people fly away. I guess the rest is up to you. Won't you tell me now what you're going to do? You can come along, you can sing this song, 
because it won't be long. It won't be long. It won't be long. And we'll be gone. Well, that's kind of funny, but it's also true. It won't be long. We're going to be gone. We just had roofs put on these buildings. The old ones were leaking. Got them just in time for the rain. Hallelujah. And they said, it's got a 50-year guarantee. We said, good, we'll all be dead. <laughs> It'll be a new generation has to worry about it. There's a generation coming behind us. Are they finding us faithful? Are we going to leave a generation, a witness behind, a stump? As Pastor was showing us, Scripture says, even the stump's going to reproduce, regrow. It'll start growing again. And so I just am, am encouraging us to know. It, David said, teach us to number our days so we may apply our hearts to wisdom. As Brother Andy was just saying, we may not have six minutes left. Six hours, six days, six years, 60 years, who knows? But this I know, Jesus is coming, and it's, it behooves us. And by the way, he's coming in your lifetime, whether he comes for all of us or just you. He's coming. 